0: A few quick notes before today's episode. If you enjoy the podcast, please rate it on Apple or other platforms where you listen. This is a huge part of helping us grow and it's much appreciated. This series is produced by Authentic, a full service brand and digital marketing studio that specializes in real estate development and leasing. We work with forward thinking developers and property managers to create and then capitalize on demand for their properties. Our team at Authentic is built specifically for the commercial real estate industry and we plug in every step of the way. Find out more at AuthenticFF.com. Finally, we want to hear from you. Email your feedback and ideas as well as who else we should have on the show to podcast at AuthenticFF.com. On this episode, I'm speaking with Arun Paul, founder of Priya Living, where he and his team create places where hearts sing and spirits soar. Arun started his placemaking career at the Irvine Company, where he helped create best-in-class residential communities throughout coastal California. He then spent many of his formative years in the resort industry, where he co-founded two companies, both of which created several of the world's most acclaimed resort communities. Arun brings his unique experience with placemaking to his most personal project yet, Priya Living, a company he founded so that his own parents and other immigrant families like his would have a place to call home. I'm your host, Chris Arnold. Let's jump right in. Okay, Arun, thanks so much for joining me today. Hey, Chris. Great to be here. Well, listen, I want to jump right into your backstory because I think this is a really great way to set the stage for what we're going to get into in this conversation. So let's start off by hearing about your upbringing. You grew up in a really wildly diverse area outside of Los Angeles. So why don't you tell the listeners about what that was like? growing up out there.
1: Yeah, I spent most of my childhood in a place called Cerritos, California, which uh not many people know about. Um if you are from Southern California, you may know about Cerritos because we uh we had an auto mall which was our claim to fame. And so uh Ernest, if you remember Ernest from the Ernest Goes to Camp movies, he was a spokesman for the mall. So that's how Everyone in Southern California knew about Cerritos. That was our claim to fame. But it was uh like you say, it was extraordinarily diverse. I mean, it was uh, you know, Koreatown plus Little Manila plus, you know, we had lots of folks from Taiwan, Afghanistan, Mexico, you know. I mean, if you think about LA, it's just such a such a global spot and that corner of LA just happened to be this incredible mosaic, you know, if you will.
0: Yeah. And you told me, um, in one of our previous conversations, you were mentioning to me that it ended up feeling like a really formative time in retrospect. Cause as you look back, you said that you had seen this idea of the American dream playing out with groups and families and individuals that weren't necessarily from America. And so With your ties back to India, it was kind of an interesting, interesting backstory growing up around all that diversity. And yet at the same time, seeing this American dream playing out with others and, and truthfully, your own family. Is that right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I lived it, you know, I, I was, I was born here in the U S but my parents had immigrated here in the late sixties, early seventies. And I guess you could say I grew up with, uh, you know front row seats to the immigrant experience. I mean, I I can't say, I can't claim to be an immigrant myself, but, you know, like so many families here in America, they, you know, we've experienced it, you know, one way or another, right? So, but yeah, for me, it was, you know, seeing my parents adjusting or trying to adjust to life here. And I mean, the immigrant experience is such a powerful uh, psychological experience, right? I mean, if you just can imagine that, you know, so, so there's, there's so many levels to that, you know, but I, I, I experienced it myself from what I saw with my parents and then just all around me. I mean, like you say, you know, I think growing up in a, in a place like Cerritos, what you realize is, you know, we're, we're all from the same place in many ways, you know, no matter what country you come from, you know, that story is the same. And I, I saw it happening around me my friends, you know, really, you know, my friends came from all over. And uh, there's a lot there which yes, it did absolutely impact me and is a big part of what we're doing today really.
0: yeah and and so as a as a teenager, you had the kind of the story that we all have of kind of our quirky first few jobs. One of your first jobs was working retail at an athlete's foot and I I'll be the first to say that I remember the athlete's foot. Stories I definitely definitely would would pop into those. A lot of people don't.
1: A lot of people don't. But I'm glad. Yeah, I'm glad someone does.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think that was kind of up there with like the the Foot Locker uh, vibe. You know, cruising the malls and stuff like that. But um, so you you grew up in a in a really diverse area. You know, you you kind of had these jobs where you're in touch with you know different uh, members of the community. Obviously, very uh, diverse connection as you worked at Athlete's Foot. You went to college, you weren't really sure what you wanted to do, and you were kind of still trying to figure it out at that point. There came a time though as you sort of transitioned into your first job. And I kind of like to call this the cutting teeth phase. But you were in the casino hotel industry. And a lot of people don't necessarily know what that is. So I'd love for you to to talk a little bit more about that. But you told me that really started to shift your perception of the real estate industry at large. So I want to kind of pause there and and get a little bit more of that insight from you. Tell us about your experience there. Sure.
1: Well, for me, the path was accidental. I, you know, I think explored a lot of things when I was at college, but I couldn't say, you know, I had a strong sense of like one direction by any stretch and, I ended up graduating and I had one job offer <laughs> you know and so the decision was easy you know I ended up working for a company that was you know our 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 clients were the casino resort and indi- it was a casino resort industry primarily in Las Vegas and uh I um at the time didn't think of it as real estate I mean it was not the way I thought of it but I think they started to get into it and learn you know I mean really these casino resorts I mean in many sense in many ways are like some of the most complex pieces of of real estate anywhere right I mean they're just incredible in terms of the programming within these spaces, the operations you know to to run these and so I became interested in it you know just when I understood it that way that wow these are now, these are places that are doing things at a very ambitious scale obviously i mean everyone's everyone's seeing you know the scale in a place like las Vegas and it just incorporates so many different aspects of real estate there right i mean you've got you know food service retail you know obviously the the hotel side you've got casinos you've got shows, you've got spa operations i mean it's it was fascinating so for me it was just you know, I was often exposed to something that was, you know, really blew
0: my mind, I guess. And I found it really interesting. And that brings us to your second job <laughs> your second job in the real estate industry, which I think was more impactful and more revolutionary in terms of where you've landed today. And that was with the Irvine company. And so for listeners that don't know, maybe give us a brief background about that company and, and um, where you ended up working within that that ecosystem?
1: So the Irvine Company, for those who don't know, it's it's based in Southern California. It's headquartered in Newport Beach, and is and a lot of people don't know this is 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 the largest real estate company in the U.S. You know, the chairman, and the founder of the Irvine Company is Donald Bren, who is you know, of anyone in the real estate industry has had the most success, you know, in the U.S. If you think about, um, look at metrics like net worth and all that, but essentially the Irvine company, I mean, what Donald Bren did is took what is today Orange County, California. This was back when Orange County was Orange Groves, right? And had the vision to create a metropolitan area that would... Rival Los Angeles, right? and I think what was extraordinary about this vision was Donald brand, you know early on realized that this was all driven by education, right? so what today is University of California at Irvine, that was one of the first things that the Irvine company did is essentially you know grant land to the University of california system and Really use that to create an area that now today, I haven't seen the latest stats, but you know, the GDP of that area is extraordinary, right? I mean, it's it's one of the most prosperous places on the planet. And that 90 square miles, which Donald Brand controlled, became the core of the Irvine company, and it was a giant master planning exercise. I mean, essentially, you're building cities there. So, all the pieces residential, again, residential, retail, office, higher education, school systems. And so, I ended up joining the Irvine Company and uh, was recruited there and uh, ended up developing residential communities throughout California. And yeah, it was incredible. It's an incredible company, incredible platform. And for me, it was certainly. You know, very impactful,
0: yeah, and there is a very speaking of impactful, there was a very impactful story that you told me that I think is really fascinating, really cool in retrospect to think back to this moment. a moment that involved Donald Bren, a presentation and a window. and I think you know what I'm talking about, so how did that actually play out in real time? What was that sort of that situation? and I know that has a Has had a lasting, you know, impact on you. uh, If you wouldn't mind telling the the listeners about that story,
1: absolutely. You know, I I remember there was a day I was in Donald Bren's office for a meeting, and we're having a conversation or a discussion. And I was one of many people in that room, but I, you know, was relatively junior at the time. And there was something in the presentation I was asked to address, and so I did. And Donald Bren listens to me and he kind of stops for a moment and he says, Arun, look out that window. What do you see? And so I look out the window and, you know, from Donald Bren's office, you can see there, you know, what's called Irvine Ranch or Newport Coast is another term, but it's, you know, miles of beautiful coastline and cities of Newport Beach and Irvine and Costa Mesa, all of that from his office. And so I, I looked out the window and I said, well, I see the Irvine ranch, Mr. Bren. I see the Newport coast. And, uh, he turns to me, he goes, no, he goes, that's, that's not what it is. He goes, you know, he said, that's my canvas. And I remember that moment, you know, because for me, that was the first time, you know, someone had articulated to me the power of what we can do. And, you know, I think, that's really what it is. You know, it can be very creative and, and it's something, you know, we should all, you know, hopefully think about and try to achieve is that level with what we do.
0: And you mentioned to me that the time period with which this happened in was a moment where you felt like your perception of real estate really changed and it sort of, there was a line in the sand between real estate as a transaction and real estate that can be more than that, that it can be something bigger than that, something more meaningful. And to pivot us a little bit towards pre-living and what you're doing today, you went back to grad school right in the early 2000s. You had this idea of building master plan communities back in India. When we spoke about this, you mentioned that For you, you know, it really checked a few different kinds of boxes. You could, going back to the transaction piece um, and doing something bigger, you know, you could help, you know, your people, quote unquote. It would be something that'd be mission driven. You could build cities the way that you felt like they should be built, and so on. Kind of pulling some of those lessons from what you took when you were looking out the window that day. But as the story goes, it's never a straight line, right? And you ended up starting a hospitality business, and then you eventually got a call from another colleague and things started happening at that point. Can you kind of bring us up to speed with that next step in your journey with mm-hmm. the hotel and, and resort work?
1: After my time with the Irvine Company, I um ended up going back to grad school. And like you say, I went in with this idea that what I wanted to do eventually is, you know, I I had obviously been influenced by the Irvine Company and you know this this concept of master planning communities was really something i loved and and, you know in the opportunities for doing that here in the us are, are limited i mean we built they're still there and people are still doing it but you know we've obviously are much further along than other parts of the world so i had this idea that you know india was building cities and that's something i wanted to do and but you know, I like you say, there's there's never a straight line, and I ended up after I graduated, shortly thereafter, starting a what ended up becoming a resort company, you know, and it it happened by chance. I got a call out of the blue one day, like you said, from someone I had worked with who had come into control of 2,000 acres in Utah and had this idea, hey, what you know what if we built a resort here so i thought it sounded really interesting interesting you know when i got that call i ended up you know joining on for that um, as one of the founders and uh went on for several years you know we ended up that building that project which is called amangiri and i would say is in the conversation for you know one of the top resorts certainly in the us and potentially beyond and i i spent a number of years developing and operating places like that in places like you know the french alps uh, costa rica uh, fiji napa valley and it was it was as great as it sounds right i mean you're you're building beautiful places in beautiful settings and i truth you know truthfully you know it was something i really enjoyed doing so you know i think to to bring it to priya you know i was doing all this and at the same time coming home to visit my parents who were still living in that same house in cerritos and having these thoughts every time i would visit them about what the future was going to look like you know for them and for me and uh you know i and that was you know that was when i started you know really down down this path and to where we are today
0: yeah i think that sense of purpose seems like something that was the the pivotal moment for you you know doing great work building beautiful properties in beautiful places around the world but what was the deep seated sense of purpose there and it sounds like you were seeking that at the time and i guess this was roughly 2010 when things changed a bit for you and you started pre-living, what is known as pre living today. And I think what's really cool about this is, is something you told me is that it it didn't really start as a company. You know, it wasn't really like this big, you know, master plan, no pun intended, of pre-living. It actually started as a duplex to help your parents and their close friends, which I think is another great story that leads into, you know, the the last decade or so of of Priya. But but yeah, it didn't, it didn't start as what it is today, right? It started as just trying to help out your parents and, and making sure that they had a couple of friends nearby.
1: Yeah. Like I say, I was uh, you know, very happy doing what I was doing. But at the same time, I was troubled, you know, by what was happening, what I felt very personally, you know, and as I was thinking about my parents. And, you know, this really started in a place of I wanted my parents to be close by. You know, I was living in the Bay area. My parents were living in that same house in Cerritos. And I started that conversation with them Love to have you guys closer. You know, we went out when they would visit, we'd go tour senior living communities. And, you know, I think it was pretty clear to me just from the beginning, you could see that there just wasn't something out there um, that, was a good fit you know for them it 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 just nobody had done it right and uh but you know for me at the time it wasn't i didn't even see that and i didn't think i wasn't that's not what i was thinking i was thinking okay i want my parents to move to the bay area i live in san francisco let me look for a duplex close to our place in san francisco and you know the idea the duplex could have you know their best friends another couple live they could live together and they they'd have company they'd have fun together i'd be close by and i thought this is a perfect solution you now i'm i'm done yeah i've solved it
0: <laughs> that's it so that was where my mind was at and yet it was it was just the beginning right because you you started getting phone calls from people that you didn't numbers you didn't recognize, people you didn't necessarily know, and word got around, you know, more or less that there was this duplex and that there was, you know, your parents and their friends and this idea of creating community in retirement and later in life. You said you ended up getting a bunch of calls just, just sort of um, happenstance, and they started piling on and piling on, and, and people were saying to you. Hey, we've been wanting to do this in our cities in our neck of the woods for you know the last 20 years. Are you going to do this out here in Atlanta or out here in city X, y, and Z? Were you expecting that at all or or was that sort of a moment where you the script was flipped, so to speak, and you were like in awe of this new and interesting path that potentially was in front of you?
1: Yeah, look I, I didn't expect. Any of it, I was looking you know for a duplex, and I think the story that was shared it was out there became that there was someone out in the Bay Area that was creating a senior living community, you know inspired by Indian culture right and that that became the story, and so that story got out there, and people started they got my number they they called me and that's when I had these conversations, you know, I I heard about this, you're building a senior living community. Right. And at the time, you know, I, I didn't want to burst bubble Just say, no, it's just a duplex. And I, you know, I, I was like, yeah, I guess you could, you know, sure. You know, yeah, I'm doing this for my, my parents and their friends. And I ended up getting a number of these calls from people all over the country saying, you know, they had heard about this. What a great idea. God bless you. And so that was the point where I started to think a little different. And, you know, at the time it was, I still had no clue because that was just the beginning. And then I ended up going out into the community for, you know, probably close to two years, really talking to people, meeting with groups, groups I didn't know existed, of, you know, like senior groups, right? That, you know, hundreds of seniors that, plan social events in places like the Bay Area and all over the US. So that, that was the next step in the process for me was going out and seeing that this was a lot bigger you know, than I thought.
0: Hey, listeners, just a quick reminder that today's episode is brought to you by our company, Authentic, the full-service brand and digital marketing studio specializing in real estate development and leasing. If you weren't aware, I wanted to let you know about how our team adds value to all of your projects. Because Authentic has been architected with the entire real estate development lifecycle in mind, we sit in parallel with your strategy, marketing, rendering, digital, and leasing needs beginning at day zero. To learn more about how we can help elevate your next project, or to keep existing projects stabilized, visit our website for more information at AuthenticFF.com. Yeah. And you were you were also saying that, you know, there's this idea of the browning of the grain of America and how, you know, the elderly immigrant population are the fastest growing segments in the country. And where do they end up? You know, what where are their homes later in life? And I think when we look at the history of pre-living, you started with four properties first in California. So we kind of jump from you know the duplex years, so to speak, into the first four properties in California. Tell us about the driving factor in creating those first four communities because I know a lot of a lot of the work that you do at Priya has to do with making that phase of life fun and exciting and inspirational and i want I want the listeners to sort of hear that piece of the story too, because I think it's really important
1: you know i I think. We think about placemaking, right? I mean, really, I prefer that as a way of thinking. You know, I think I think real estate doesn't capture, you know, what is possible. And, you know, for me, what's interesting, and I think well a lot of you know what I've learned in what I've done from other people who have done this is how to create spaces and places that captivate you know that capture your imagination that take you on a journey that help you think differently about the world right and i think that's the way we approach what we do you know and and we take a lot of care in that i mean that's that is hard work it's not you know it's not something just happens but but that's the way we think about what we do and ultimately, you know, that's what people feel when people come into the communities. You feel that you feel that this place is special.
0: Not to cut you off or to to steal a quote, but I'm going to steal a quote that you told me because mm-hmm. I love it. And y- you told me really what it comes down to is that we are building a stage mm-hmm. for the residents so they can perform their own show. And I thought that was just of all the things that you hear about you know developments going up across the country i loved that because it's takes the focus away from the developer and it puts the focus back on why are we doing this who are we developing this for and what's the intent here and i loved the stage analogy that you came up with mm-hmm. right
1: we do believe very strongly that you know really communities i mean it's it's really all about the people right and and What makes special communities is the relationships that people in the community have with one another. And so we do think it is the spotlight is on the people in our community. It is a stage. It's their stage. You know, we want every member of the community to feel like they're the star in their own Broadway or Bollywood production right and that's how you feel when you walk out the front door so yeah our 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 buildings are sets right they're they're sets but you don't go to the broadway production for the set i mean sure a great set that's great right but you go for the actors the actresses you know you go for all of that and and that's that's how we view it you know i mean that's that's our view
0: and not to discredit the sets though, let's, let's be fair The if you haven't seen the Priya living sets, they're beautiful. We'll share some links at the end of the, of the podcast, but truly, I mean, you can tell just by looking at, at the photos and and renderings of the upcoming projects that you have in the works, you know, the set does matter and you're, you're creating this stage for the resident in a way that you know really hasn't been done before at least I've never seen it done before this way and i think that transitions us into this last segment before we start to wrap up which is to say there's been some stigma around the terminology or the multiple different types of terminologies that reside around this idea of senior living senior living retirement communities nursing homes you know whatever Different stigmas, and some of them are are similar that are attached to those phrases. It matters, and I think one of the things that you're trying to do with Prea Living as well is to emphasize language. That's been a very strong point of focus for Prea Living. What is it about the language that matters so much, and why is that so important for you and the the mission of Prea Living?
1: Well, look, obviously, I mean, words matter, right? I mean. They impact how we think and feel about things, but you know, look, words are are just one one tool. But but yeah, look, I think I think there's no doubt that when people hear the term senior living, their association with that it may not be great because their you know their experience with senior living wasn't great, right? And um, but I think for us, you know, the reason we're so focused on this goes a bit beyond that because I think what we realized as we got into this is this isn't even about seniors, right? This is about how do we, all of us, how do we want to live, right? And you know, we've created quote-unquote senior communities that have attracted young people, right? And we've had non-seniors living in our communities that have loved it. And you know, we. I think a lot of that is. You know, we are. We do think about. You know, how do we want to live? How do I want to live? You know, and I think there's something universal there. You know, that's we want. You know, I think we all want. Uh, we want relationships. You know, with our with our neighbors. We want to feel connected, and what too much real estate development does is create places where people aren't connected, right? I mean, that's the, the nameless multifamily project that people get in an elevator and they've gotten on the same elevator 20 times with that person and don't know their name, right? And we've all, you know, it's, we've all experienced it. You know, we've we've all lived in situations like that, but I think it's breaking through that is important. And so we think this transcends you know senior living it's it's about it's about human connection, but yes we you know we have a mission here we are we are very much focused on elder needs, but we're all soon to be elders right and uh, exactly we're all on our way, right we're all on the way and i I think you know that's important you know to keep in mind we're all we're all going to be elders. So, yeah, or are right. So,
0: well, let's talk about Priya 3.0. If Priya 1.0 was the duplex and 2.0 was the first four communities in California, tell the listeners about 3.0, quote unquote, and the new developments happening right now and some of your plans for expansion. What's next with Priya Living?
1: Mm-hmm. Well, we're expanding uh nationally and certainly also are planning international expansion as well um but you know right now we're focused on uh, like the major markets major cities in the u.s primarily and you know this next generation you know obviously with every generation you you have the opportunity to make things better and what we're excited about is there's a lot of New features, I guess you could say, in in these communities that we haven't done before, and I, you know, I don't, I actually don't think anyone has done before. You know, we've we've got one feature I'm I'm really excited about, which is called the incubator. You know, which is essentially it's a co-working space, um, but it it serves a purpose for helping our residents find find their purpose, right and whether it's starting new ventures, whether it's writing a book, you know, there's, there's just so many ways that that happens, but, you know, and, and, and we've developed and are developing programming around that as well. But, you know, I think there's a bigger conversation, certainly here in the U S we need to have about elders and how we re-engage them, you know, because that's, that's going to be really important, you know, so, so that's, that's one piece, but we've got, we've got a number of, really cool um i could go on and on other things we're doing these in this next generation from the food side you know we've got some very innovative food concepts to the wellness side you know we are using i think we're going to be the first to use to have virtual reality studios that are used for for mental wellness and you know some of this obviously you know it's 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 fun to do because there's always that process of creating new things using using new technologies.
0: I love how iterative pre-living is. I mean, when we think about the the story just in the last 10 years of where you've come from, you can tell that you focus on iterations, seeing what works, applying it to the next one, dropping what doesn't work, and so on and so forth. And so when we're thinking about these new locations, wellness matters, you know, the food matters, the incubator is a really unique concept for Seniors, I think that's going to be really exciting to see come to life. So I'm excited for you and, and and Priya as you start to, or as I should say, as you continue to innovate and then start to see how some of these new ideas roll out. I want to make sure we have enough time for this because I really like the rapid fire section, as I'm going to call it here today. A um, couple quick questions for you. Let me ask the first one and get your get your take. What is one book that you would recommend right now to the listeners and why?
1: I'd say uh, Land which is a book the author is uh, Jessica Bruder now i think many people have heard about this because it was also a movie based on this book that uh, i think i think it may have won i think it did win uh best picture i have to admit i did first see it as a movie and then read the book but very fascinating i think it's really important work it, it you know i think she for those who don't know you know it's 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 about it really focuses on one woman's story, but it's it's about these communities throughout the U.S. and this phenomenon happening now of people living on the road as nomads, right? And uh, I think it's really a big, it's happening in big numbers. And uh, for me, it's it was very interesting at a number of levels just to learn about it. But a lot of these people happen to be seniors or elders, right? And so, I mean, just, from what we do, you know, just just kind of thinking about what people out there need, um, you know. For I mean, for me, that's that's really interesting. It's just to learn about it, and um, who knows, maybe maybe there's something we can do about it.
0: Yeah, you know, what's really it's fascinating that you bring that up because. I think a lot of times these concepts feel very foreign. Like, you know, we we go about our daily lives and sometimes these, these sort of concepts and these movements can feel very foreign to us because we're not in the movements ourselves. You know what I mean? And, you know, an interesting thing that happened to, to me and my family over the, uh, kind of that lockdown period with COVID was unfortunately our, our neighbor passed away. He was sort of the head of the household over there and he, he passed away during that time. And his, his wife actually has since gotten a camper she has left and she's you know rarely been back at the house and and she actually just came back in the last week and and she had been gone for probably you know 9 to 12 months and and she she's doing that same thing she's going out there she's trying to sort of figure out what's next and and for her what's next isn't this house that she you know she lived in for so many years and so that's going to be a very interesting thing to see play out with the senior community certainly but then you know the next generation and what what's that going to look like
1: sure no millennials as well i mean we're all we've all heard about van life and uh you know i think part of it is you know getting back to what we do and from a real estate standpoint it's challenging kind of how we think about real estate even and that you know people and and then to me that's that's also super interesting right it's like we're thinking about houses or, you know, buildings, you know, that have apartments or condos, and people out there are thinking very differently. And you know, it's just being flexible in how we think. You know, is, is the way I, is what's
0: interesting to me. You know, in, in retrospect, I probably shouldn't have put that in the rapid fire section. <laughs> Sorry, a good no. That was a good, I, no, I was made a good rapid, sidebar. Not so rapid. Yeah. But this next one I really I really love cuz it always gives some someone the opportunity to to quickly google the work of this person. Um but the next question is who else do you feel like is really doing exciting work out there? Who should the listeners be paying attention to that they can go take a look at?
1: Uh my my pick here it would be it would be a group. I'm not sure how many people know about them, but uh they're called Grupo Habita, H A B I T A. It's Grupo G R U P O they're based in Mexico, Mexico city. Uh, I've been, I've been following their work for for a long time. And this, this goes back to my time in hospitality, but, uh, you know, just really very, very creative in how they think about space and create spaces that have impact that inspire people. They've done a lot of very cool, uh, like adaptive reuse at a level that, you know, taking these like sixteenth century churches and reimagining them, and you know it's it's you know a group they do have they actually they they have come into the u s now, but um but yeah, I'm just a big fan and uh, I draw my inspiration from everywhere. so that's great. that's one i I put out there,
0: yeah, and for the listeners, we have a a nice show notes section that we will be sure to include all these links in. So if you're curious about something that came up on the podcast today. Go ahead and check out the show notes, um, everything from all the Priya Living links to some of the things that have been mentioned on the podcast. But let me pause there and say, Arun, you did it. You made it to the very end. Um, there's only one more thing to do here, and that is to roll out the obligatory red carpet and tell the listeners what you're up to and and where they can find you online to do a little bit more follow-up.
1: Well, the best spot's our website. So www.prealiving.com
0: awesome and then I'll also include Arun on LinkedIn if you want to link uh, link up with him and, and show your next great idea I'm sure he'd be interested in, uh, in hearing that Arun thank you so much for joining me today it's, uh, it's really been a pleasure this is
1: a lot of fun Chris
0: appreciate you having me on Transforming Cities is brought to you by Authentic the full service brand and digital marketing studio that specializes in real estate development and leasing visit us online at AuthenticFF.com. If you're a new listener, you can follow along at AuthenticFF.com slash podcast or simply subscribe through your favorite podcast app. Thanks for listening.